Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future Brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. In sports, the scoreboard doesn't always tell the complete story. The dad who happens to be a world-class quarterback. Untold tales of athletes you thought you knew. The heart-racing pressure for the heart. Soul and survival of the multi-billion dollar business of F1. Stories about college kids who were given a last shot, a last chance at redemption. David Beckham's meteoric rise. Not only as a global soccer superstar, but becoming a pop culture icon. Upsets injuries, come from behind victories. You're going to get it all. And I've seen it all with Netflix sports. These are the stories that turn all of us into sports fans and give everybody something to cheer for, to feel for, to hold your breath for, and to get up out of your seat for. Whether you're a diehard or a brand new fan, intense or casual, shows like F1, Drive to Survive, Quarterback, Full Swing, Untold, Beckham, and more. Netflix has a story for every type of fan. Netflix turns us all into fans. All right, welcome in. We're going to have a good 40 minutes or so uh, tonight with John Middlecoff, the former NFL scout. He's got all sorts of great stuff to talk about. We'll give some Cowboy Eagle thoughts uh, Kansas City, Miami thoughts. I want to go on about a 10-minute start here on the Buffalo Bills loss to the Bengals, a game in which I never, ever felt after the first drive Buffalo would win. Uh, when I watch Buffalo, uh, Greg Cosell talks about this all the time. Uh, they just call plays. There's not a lot of rhythm to their offense. I like their first drive in the second half for Buffalo a lot. They mixed it up, tight end, wide receiver, back. It, it felt like more than just calling plays. Cincinnati always feels like it's a rhythm offense, um, and it feels like they have an offensive head coach. They get out of ruts very quickly. Um, but, you know, it, my first thought about Joe Burrow is uh, he reminds me of a little bit of Joe Montana and a little bit of Tony Romo. He moves like Romo, but I, I can remember watching Joe Montana, and this was, you know, long before I, I you know, was a talk show host. Um and watching Joe Montana, because I started in television, I didn't do this talk show thing till later in my career. Joe Montana, one of my takeaways from him is I could never quite figure out why Joe Montana 
was so great. It wasn't that big, didn't have a great arm. Um, I just thought he was sort of situationally, and this is very rare, he was better in crisis than he was uh, in week five. Uh, he was better on fourth or third and three than he was on first and 10. Just situationally excellent. Brady often had this. Michael Jordan had this. John Elway had this. But that's what I see with Burrow. He's almost a better quarterback in crisis. He's more laser focused, uh, more intentional with his throws. Um, you know, he'll he'll sling one up occasionally, not a wasted throw, but an experimental up the sideline. You get him into third and four, uh, fourth down situations, uh, he's just as good as they get. And he's got the Romo movement uh, with the accuracy and the situational kind of um, uh, excellence of a Joe Montana. And, you know, it's it, he doesn't move like Lamar. He's not he doesn't have the gun of Mahomes, Herbert. Um, he doesn't, I don't think, have the kind of the natural gifts that, you know, 14 years old that Trevor Lawrence had or and has. Uh, but Burrow just makes it look so easy all the time. Josh Allen's great. It doesn't look easy. There's effort. He puts on the Superman cape. He jumps over people. He's running past people. He's throwing it over people. It doesn't look easy for him. He's just excellent. But, um, you know, and, and, you know, with Buffalo, I, I just, I, I don't, I feel like it's just, they still, I've given up hope on the Buffalo Bills developing a good run game, defensive head coach, defensive head coach and offensive lines don't go that well together. You know, if you look at the bottom of the NFL offensive line group, it's a lot of defensive coaches. The top's a lot of offensive coaches. I've given up on them running the football. So it becomes a very Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs reliant. And if you look at the Buffalo schedule coming up, this thing's going to get uglier. After Thanksgiving, at Philadelphia, at Kansas City, Dallas, Chargers, New England, at Miami. This was supposed to be the part of the schedule where they stacked up W's, but not like not like their Super Bowl window closed because I don't even know if it was ever open with Mahomes in the AFC. But I just kind of feel like at some point, I say this all the time about quarterbacks. If you find yourself always blaming the play calling, the coordinator or drop passes like they do with Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh, you don't have a great quarterback. I mean, C.J. Stroud right now has more career touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett. He's played eight games, eight or nine. C.J. Stroud is it. He's a franchise guy. Kenny Pickett, a little bit of a fraud. Like if you're blaming, that's the, the New York Giants with Daniel Jones before he was hurt today. It was always play calling. You're blaming the right tackle, drop passes. You don't have the right quarterback. I've said this before. Justin Herbert put up record numbers with Anthony Lynn and the lowest rated offensive line in the league and, and put up rookie numbers. Well, you had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen when they were healthy. Mike Williams, again, out for the year. When they were healthy, either have a guy or you don't. Joe Burrow got to a Super Bowl with a bad offensive line. So I, I, I just kind of look at Buffalo and Josh Allen. And I and again, that's how I feel with quarterbacks. But I also feel that way with coaches. Like at it's, it's some point with Sean McDermott, well, it's not just that the players are injured. It's not on Josh Allen. It's not on the coordinators. Who's running this circus? It's the coach. Again, Zach Taylor, we had questions about. He got Burrow to a Super Bowl. You know, it, you, you know, we all know Andy Reid is a great coach, but you start looking around 
and and the Bills have had the best safety tandem for years. They have a star receiver. Allen's in his, what, sixth or seventh year. They've had a good pass rush. They have a home field advantage. They've got uh, declining New England, the goofy Jets, and Miami that doesn't play any defense in their division. And they're, and they're battling for their lives right now. So at some point with Sean McDermott, you're running this thing. I don't want to hear excuses. Quarterbacks and coaches, I don't want to hear excuses. Andy Reid was getting to NFC championships with quarterbacks I didn't even like. Right? Like, I don't want to hear it. I mean, it's, take, it's taken Sean Payton about eight games, and then you watch Denver with all the issues he had to overcome. Russell Wilson's passer ratings in the 100. They're running the football. And uh, they just beat the Chiefs. And and Sean Payton's been asked to change the culture, fix the quarterback, uh, <laughs> you know, get the receivers to mature. Uh, I mean, he's been asked to do all these things. And then I watch him beat the Chiefs. Takes him about eight weeks. They got a run game. They got younger on defense. He's playing the young guys. Russell Wilson now is a complimentary quarterback. He figured it out. So um, I, I, I I've given up in their run game with Sean McDermott. Uh, the offensive line is okay. It's still a Josh Allen reliant offense with no real rhythm, um, and the defense isn't as good as it was several years ago. So uh, that's kind of my takeaway on Buffalo. I a really talented team. Uh, I think they have the quarterback, but uh, at some point, it, you know, I I don't want to hear excuses. I've just seen so many coaches. Look at what D'Amico Ryan's is doing with Houston. That's a suboptimal owner, missing offensive lineman the first month of the season, rookie quarterback, rookie play caller. And Houston's just figuring out how to win games in the AFC. They're just figuring out how to win games. <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't want to hear it with Sean McDermott and the Bills. Right now, this second, the Buffalo Bills are ninth in the AFC. Come on. All right, no more finger pointing. Um, Buffalo's a smaller town, like a Pittsburgh or a Green Bay. Um, owners tend to be more loyal. Uh, the media is more supportive. Uh, but I mean, it, it, come on. There's just, you, you, you go so many years. And by the way, coaches like quarterbacks can have ceilings. Sean McDermott, you know, Chuck Knox, a legendary Buffalo coach, went to the Seahawks later, kind of had a ceiling. Right. Marty Schottenheimer felt like he could turn a football operation around. Very conservative, though, ultimately had a ceiling. That's kind of Sean McDermott. I feel like as the sport has pivoted to offense, he does a very good job organizationally to turn the Buffalo Bills around. But I think he's sort of, I feel like this is it. Like he's not growing. He lost a great coordinator in Dable. Ken Dorsey's fine, but doesn't feel special. And I don't feel like the team's getting better. Not just players have ceilings. Coaches do too. The Buffalo Bills this very moment are one game better than the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, one game better than the Raiders. And now for a segment we call Making It Look Easy, brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. This week, C.J. Stroud certainly made it look easy. The rookie quarterback for the Texans set a rookie quarterback record, 470 yards passing and five touchdowns. He made a couple of absolute on it, spot on throws today. 
Just like CJ made it look easy, so does Morgan & Morgan. They make it so easy when you submit a claim. Over 100 offices nationwide, more than 800 lawyers, and over $15 billion in the history of the company in claims. They have a track record, a proven track record getting you your full and fair compensation. Morgan & Morgan has been fighting for the people for over 35 years. If you're ever injured, go to forthepeople.com slash Colin, forthepeople.com slash Colin, or pound 529. Check out America's largest injury law firm. Winning in the NFL is hard. Hiring Morgan & Morgan is easy. Don't miss the action this weekend when the NFL heads to Germany for the Frankfurt Games. These games will air on the NFL Network I'll be watching and stream on NFL+. Plus. Again, streaming on NFL+. Plus For a limited time, Verizon customers can get Netflix plus NFL Plus for just $25 a month with Plus Play. That's $120 in annual savings. Plus Play is a platform where Verizon customers can shop, manage, and save on the subscriptions you already have, like NFL Plus. With NFL Plus Premium, you get access to games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, which means you can catch the Frankfurt games and more. Just go to verizon.com slash the volume to bundle and save before the game. Hurry, this offer ends soon. Again, that's verizon.com slash the volume before the games. 120 bucks you can save annually. Hurry, this offer ends soon. Plus play access included for Verizon postpaid mobile 5G home and LTE home subscribers. Exclusive savings available on select partner subscriptions. All products and services sold on Plus Play require a separate subscription or purchase. Limited time offer. Offer only applies to new and qualified returning subscribers of NFL Plus Premium and newer existing subscribers of Netflix Premium. Not combinable with any other promos, Netflix and NFL Plus bundle subscription. 25 bucks a month and applicable tax. Billing begins from time of activation of first service. Additional terms apply. Cancel anytime in Plus Play Managed Dashboard. Savings based on Netflix Premium and NFL Plus Premium monthly retail plan price. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done legal shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iheart pplsi does not provide legal representation or advice see a plan for complete terms Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, 
Don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. All right, it's our customary 30, 35-minute Sunday night, Monday morning podcast with John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, three and out podcast on the volume. Let's start with the Cowboys and Philadelphia. I thought Dallas, by and large, outplayed them. Uh, got a couple of officiating breaks that didn't go their way. You know, they missed a touchdown by about the length of a football um, I thought Philadelphia was super conservative on their last two or three drives. This is one of those rare, what a great loss this was. You may get one of those every year. I thought Dallas outplayed them. What say you? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, I think the thing that hurts, though, if you're Dallas, and this goes back to early in the season, losing that Arizona game, now that two game, you got three losses, they got one. I thought coming into this game, Dallas had to prove that they could win a gritty game because the way they win is they blow people out, and this game was right there for them to win. I mean, Dak, for the most part, was brilliant. I would say that's yeah. one of the better games he's played years. Uh, yeah. Now, the the sacks, not totally his fault. I mean, he's under siege, but several sacks on the last two drives are killers. Yeah. I mean, they, they really are. It puts you in third and 20. The last, you know, you got to go for the end zone in the last play. Uh, but overall, I'm with you. It's a good loss. Because Dallas showed a lot of toughness. They showed that their quarterback could match you. But ultimately, it's a numbers game. And it almost, I don't want to say the division's over, but I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Now Dallas is just kind of headed back to that wild card spot again and having a, you know, their trajectory in the playoffs are just road games. Yeah. And I think also, as you point out, this is the kind of game Dallas doesn't win. And it's the kind of game Philadelphia constantly wins. So Dallas comes out of this thing and feels pretty good. And you want to say to yourself, have you been watching Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts for two years? <laughs> this is how they win. Any game line, and by the way, I picked Philly to cover and win, and my whole play was best third down team in the league, best fourth down team. Situationally, they'll pick up enough first downs to win. And I didn't love their last couple of drives, but this really is their formula. They get a lead. They have such a great pass rush. They're excellent situationally. Um, you know, again, Dak doesn't step out of bounds. They get the two point conversion. But I think to your point, um, you know, Dak holding on to the ball just a, a, a step too long is the difference. It, it is interesting. This these playoffs, first of all, if you have to go back to Philly, they're great at home. Yeah. Detroit, great at home. Uh, Seattle, if you have to face them great at home. Not every team, right? Not every team is is really, I mean, the Rams home and away doesn't really matter. Cincinnati's the same team home or away. But when I watch the NFC, these are teams at home. Goff is a much better home quarterback than road. Philadelphia is special. So I thought this game was crucial. I don't want to overstate it, but it felt big. I, I think, you know, you talked about them getting conservative at the end. I mean, I think he's a little compromised, the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So you can't run him around, really. 
He's not really a great, like, slant, you know, quick passing game guy. He he excels on those go routes, but on third and five to ice the game, those aren't ideal routes to run. I mean, even Greg Olson at the end of the game is like, ah, I don't love that, you know, on you know, on third and long. Uh, you want to run that on first and second or down, but that's kind of their style. Now, ultimately, what separates them is that pass rush, they have so many guys. Think how many guys impacted Dak Prescott those final two drives. It's not just Hassan it's Reddick. Reddick. Or, yeah, Grant, it's, it's, it's Brandon Graham. Plus, yeah, Jalen Carter. I mean, they, they just got guy after guy after guy. Their secondary's flying around. Now, the hard part if you're Dallas, I mean, you're two-star offensive weapons. I thought Pollard was flying around. CeeDee Lamb was dominant. The tight end was playing really good. It's tough. I mean, I, I like you said, it's not a bad loss by any means, just in a vacuum, that individual game. But in the grand scheme of things, when you had a chance to win, and really, let's face it, the game was kind of won. They're leading at halftime. The Eagles come out, score back-to-back touchdowns, and take complete control again. And then the Cowboys are on their heels and playing catch-up the rest of the game. One of the things that did drive me nuts in that final drive for Dallas is they really outplayed Philadelphia for big chunks, but situationally, a delay of game, an illegal motion. This is where Dallas struggles. It's just in the details. You can't have delay of games when you're down there, right? I know you don't have timeouts. What are you delaying? You can't take facts, let alone penalties. Yeah. So again, it's crisis management. That's where I think Philadelphia is really, really good. And that's, and that's strange because they have a young coordinator, a young head coach, a young quarterback. Dak and McCarthy and Shot and I have been around this sport combined forever. I know. And Philadelphia's got all the kids, and yet they're so good situationally. One thing we were talking about, I think it was after the Cowboys got destroyed by the Niners, is Dak Prescott's not moving around anymore, and his game is not predicated on dominating the pocket. He clearly, the last three or four weeks, his mobility is back. He's become a good playmaker again. I mean, how many plays today did he he make keeping plays alive, extending it with his legs, eyes up, and then throwing the ball down the field countless times? If that's the version they're going to get out of Dak, beside the Eagles, I mean, they're going to beat a lot of teams with that version of their quarterback. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's I, I look at the NFC now, and I think Philadelphia is the best team in the NFC. I'm not sure there is a second. Seattle, Geno Smith's never going to hoist no. a trophy. Okay, so San Francisco, I think, uh, we're over-dramatizing their struggles. If These next couple fe- weeks are big for them, though. I mean, they got yeah, they got to yeah. come out firing again. Yeah, but if they could kick field goals, they win in Cleveland. Yeah. And you're on a two-game skid. Cincinnati's really good. The AFC, early, the first month, the NFC beat the AFC. Since then, Jaguars look good. Bengals look good. Chiefs figure out ways to win. All of a sudden, the Ravens are on fire. You know, it just what happens, John, is eventually the truth comes out. Sunny football can benefit offenses. The really gifted teams, almost all to me outside of Philadelphia, are all AFC. I I do like San Francisco. I think they'll be back. But, um, you know, I, 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 one of the reasons I like Philadelphia, I think they're built for November, December football. I think their games are going to look a lot like this where you're criticizing them a little here, you're criticizing, you don't love their corners. But I think this, what we just watched is why they're going to get to the Super Bowl again, is that this is how they play. John, winning ugly is a talent and they win ugly. I mean, God, the the commander's game was a mess. They win ugly. It's like their formula. Well, I got her today. He gets ripped down. Who knows? He's ruled out immediately. Maybe he breaks his arm. 
but they're they'd be able to handle that pretty easily for a four or five week stretch without him because they got AJ Brown, they got Devontae Smith, they got multiple running backs. The one thing that would make you nervous, because I'm with you, the, the DB play, a lot of teams in this league that are really good complain about their corners. You know, if you yeah. have a good pass rush, you're going to be in it to win it. The yeah. quarterback clearly is just taking a lot of hits. He's pretty banged up. He is, I was thinking the the irony of getting rid of Harden this week, who constantly waves a white flag, and then having that guy in the same city <laughs> who just, you think for a second, you're like, God, did he just sprain his knee and he kind of shakes it off and he comes back? But it, he's not quite the same spry player that he was right. 12 months ago. So his ceiling, I mean, part of the reason they were right in it to win the Super Bowl against Mahomes, because he was brilliant. This version, he still throws a great go ball, but movement-wise, he's not quite as quick, and probably it's because his knee is banged up. And that, that to me, is the only concern. The way he plays is pretty predicated on, obviously, throwing the ball, but movement. And, and right now, movement-wise, they're hesitant to call him runs, and rightfully so. You don't want to get him hurt. But to reach their ceiling and to win the Super Bowl, which clearly they have a Super Bowl-level team, to me, yeah. it's on his health. Can he be... He's never going to be 100%, but can he be 90% going into the playoffs, or is he more right. like 75% going into the playoffs? Okay, so I, I do want to talk Kansas City-Miami. I thought Kansas City made a complete statement in the first half, and then like Philadelphia, you feel like they're kind of holding on. I, I will say this about Kansas City, though. They have a clear hole, and it's never going to be a strength. They're just not special at wide receiver. Now, their first drive, they gave you a little bit of everything. I do think this receiving group will get better. It's young. There's no number one. I'm not sure there's a number two. But I'll tell you, that first half defense against Miami, that was one of the more impressive first halves. I mean, Miami was just the speed. This is without Bolton. The speed of Kansas City's defense. So I... As I sat and watched that first half, I thought, oh, does it? This is Baltimore, Kansas City, Cincinnati. That's the conference. And then in the second half, they didn't really have a second, third gear. What did you make of Kansas City? I came away impressed because they flew in very late for this thing, totally seized control early. But I, they, they can't put people away this year, John. They're not putting people away. Well, they're going to struggle to score 25 points. I mean, they just are. The the underrated part about them, because Mahomes, Kelsey now, especially this Kelsey over the last month, and Andy Reid take up so much oxygen, they're kind of a defensive team. I mean, Hill and Waddle had 100 yards, 104 yards total. Like, if you're holding those guys to around 100 yards, you're going to beat them. They're 21 nothing at half. Like, I'm sorry, the game's over. I thought there was a lot more pressure. Kansas City's now proven exactly who they are over a five-year stretch. Like, I'm pretty confident when the dust settles, they're going to be in the mix in the divisional round and more than likely the championship game in the AFC. This was kind of a prove-it game for Miami, right? You, you lose to Philly and, and Buffalo. Granted, now both on the road. You get a neutral site game. You fly out there on Monday, and you're down 21 nothing at half. 21 nothing at half. And like you said, this ain't the Chiefs' first rodeo. Check out a little bit. They're not explosive enough on offense to just take off, right. but they make enough plays when they have to. Miami kind of gets a freak fumble there in the second half for Mahomes. Right. To, but to me, this was the, the Chiefs established in the first half. Like, you're not on our level, just like Buffalo and Philly said that earlier. And listen, Miami's a fun story. Their coach is an easy guy to root for. When they're rolling, they're a fun team to watch. But I think it's pretty clear, whatever the upper echelon tier in the AFC is, obviously Baltimore's in it, Kansas City's in it. I think Cincinnati's in it, Buffalo. They are not, you know? Yes. And that that was, we don't even need to argue that anymore. I think the only question now is, could they win a playoff game? I, I wouldn't bet on them because it's going to be a, more than likely a road playoff game. That's but right. But they're going to get back-to-back playoffs. 
Obviously, the franchise is heading in the right direction. But in terms of like AFC contenders, it is not the Miami Dolphins. No, I mean, it, and it's it's I've always liked Tua, but I've never loved him. And I, and I do think um, when you speed the game up uh, and he had a couple drops today. But to your point, um, if you look at the history of football, the great teams have always been able to grind. Even the Niners with with Walsh, Taylor, Joe Montana. Defense. Those teams, they were great defense. Now, we never talked about that defense. And the no. reason we don't is because it's Joe Montana. Jimmy Johnson's Cowboys, real defense, pro bowlers everywhere. It's Think about some of the Holmgren Packer teams with Reggie White and, you know, Leroy Butler and some of those guys. Yeah, I mean, one of the knocks on the Packers, you say, why don't Favre and Rodgers win more? Well, they have when they have their best defenses in those <laughs> yeah. quarterbacks' careers. And so even Peyton Manning, go back to the Peyton Manning team that won a Super Bowl in Indy. That was one of the best defenses he ever had. So I just think Miami is fun. Um, it, I, I've been saying this, the Dolphins are the city. It's a lot of fake Gucci loafers and, and, yeah. and you know, it, it, Rolexes that if you shower, turn green. They're fun. They're interesting. But as the season progresses, they're just not built for this. And and it's funny. As much as I like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you probably are best served to give up Waddle eventually and just go get some more defensive help. That's my take on them is that this coach, this quarterback, Tyreek Hill, you're going to score points in this sport. You've got to get better on your line play because that to me today with Kansas City, it was like, oh, they just they just can't block certain people. Yeah, I mean, offensive line when they were healthy wasn't good coming into the season. The good thing you have to feel if you have Miami is sometimes the hardest thing to get, obviously, is the quarterback, but also the coaching staff. The, the Mike McDaniels, clearly a very innovative young offensive coach. And Vic Fangio now has kind of proven to the spot like he's not going to be head coach anymore. So you got him. Keep paying him a premium. You got that in play. Just get more defensive pieces. You have to be good at the line of scrimmage in this conference because, one, you got to rush the passer to beat the Joe Burrows, Lamar Jackson's, Patrick Mahomes, and you have to be able to block. I mean, you watch the Ravens today, obviously the Steelers. Now the Chiefs have, you know, kind of, you know, revitalized their defense. You have to be able to neutralize other teams' fronts. All these Cleveland, all these teams now have multiple pass rushers. You know, every team has like a hundred million dollar guy and then like a guy probably making a fifty million dollar contract. So if you can't block, you look at Dallas down the stretch. They just they were relentless with all the pass rushers. And it's the 49ers. What do they do? They went and got Chase Young. They got another guy. So you just rush the passer, rush the passer, rush the passer, and you can get away sometimes with guys like me and you covering, you know, offensive weapons in the secondary if you can, you know, impact the, the quarterback. So I, I had said this when I watched uh, Baltimore's first half against Tennessee in London a month ago. I said, this this is the best Lamar's been, and this may be the best team in the league. And I've had them number one last several weeks in her hierarchy, Baltimore and Seattle. Uh, before I get to Baltimore, one of the things that I've always sort of worried about with defensive coaches, uh, they don't do well with O-lines. They can't reboot them. I mean, how many years is Pittsburgh and Buffalo those defensive coaches going to get with that offensive line play. The second thing I worry about is sometimes they don't sense urgency with a quarterback. Mike Tomlin, Kenny Pickett, this is just, that's just not good enough in the AFC. It's just simply not good enough. What happens when you can't pay all these defensive players and you and you have to pay Kenny Pickett? You're going to have to pay both these receivers. Like so, this is the time to win. And there's a true ceiling with Pittsburgh. Seattle, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, and Geno Smith are not it. 
I do think Seattle is unique in that they don't have a bunch of needs now after getting a corner and a receiver in the first round last year, and they're both really good. They can go at the end of the first round and get a Bo Nix. Uh, yeah. They can go, yeah, you know, Penix won't be available. Um, so that worries me. But the thing about Baltimore, he's now Lamar Jackson, 17-1 against the NFC. It's So think about this. Their concern is the AFC. If he got to a Super Bowl, if you've never faced Lamar, Detroit and Seattle are good teams, absolutely discombobulated. You have nobody at practice to comp it with. No. And that, that, to me, the only way to beat Lamar is, oh, we've seen him four times. I, I remember talking to the Chargers people. Remember his rookie year, the first time they faced him, they were lost. The second time they had a better sense of it. They're like, there's nobody like him in the league. And I, I, I mean, I just watched today and I, I'm like, Seattle, I don't know why I talked myself out of that game because I love Baltimore, but... I kind of feel like if Baltimore gets to a Super Bowl, John, I'm taking them and I'm taking them in a route because I don't think I think the Cincinnati's and Kansas City's that is the only way to beat him. Well, if you think about it, Seattle and Detroit, two of their last three games, those teams, you know, Seattle probably win 10, 11. Detroit's going to win 12, 13. You're talking 24 wins. You could argue both those games were over in the first quarter. The Detroit yes. game definitely was this game. Early in the second quarter, this thing was over. So th they, like you said, dismantled, embarrassed. Now they got them both at home, but but still, I mean, they're high end. Romo mentioned this on the on the broadcast. Lamar's playing at a really high level. The Zay Flowers yes. pick looks awesome. Their defense is playing really, really well, really so, well. So we just talked about it with Rodgers and Favre. When you get MVP now with Mahomes, when you get MVP level quarterback play and you have top flight defense, we've seen the 49ers make runs with like a quarterback who's hovering between like the 15th and 16th guy. You give me a top five quarterback and a top five defense, like you really have no excuse if you're playing well to not be in the Super Bowl. So I. If you're just doing the power rankings, given how they're playing right now, I, I think I don't know how you would argue that the Rave, no team is playing better than the Ravens as a complete football team. And the thing is, Lamar, to me, is just better than he's ever been, just in yes. under complete control. It's not all predicated on running. I was nervous when they brought in the offensive coordinator. They talk passing, passing, passing. You're like, well, you don't want to take away what he does really well. They've like blended it perfectly. The one yes. problem is Greg Roman. They couldn't pass. And maybe it was the Zay Flowers addition has yes. really helped. I mean, he's, he's really. a fantastic addition. He's a he's a really young, awesome player. And that's a yeah. good pick. And they're a good drafting team. So you, you shouldn't shouldn't be surprised. You know, can I can I touch on one thing? I just don't want to what a awful day for the Patriot dynasty. Belichick loses to a team that trades away his two uh their two best players. <laughs> Josh McDaniels, that offense looks like Kenny Stabler was back today. They get rid of him. And obviously the story that Jay Glazer yeah. talked about, they couldn't stand the guy. And then on the other end, Brian Dayball, you know, former Patriot guy, gets destroyed in that game. I mean, today, if it wasn't for Casario and C.J. Stroud, the, the Patriot dynasty would basically be completely dead. I, I, I think the one term that you heard with the Josh firing that I've heard forever in New England that people dealt with when you were winning that when you're not, or even if you're just not making playoff runs, people are like, I'm out is the walking on eggshells. And, and that worked historically in football. And listen, even as society changes, you still get yelled at in football, but it is completely different than what happened in the seventies, eighties and nineties currently in the NFL. And yeah. think about Andy Reid, who's the best coach right now in the sport. He's never really been like that. That's not his style. Hell, even think of Pete Carroll, who's kind of resurrected his team. Much more of a positive, optimistic guy. The Belichick guys, in general, all they know is kind of negativity. Walking on eggshells. 
that doesn't really work with the co- with the guys you're coaching now under 30. Just look at the way society works. That's not how people respond, but that's all they know. So Belichick right now, everyone's always on edge. Josh McDaniels had everyone on edge. That's You're not going to be productive. Whether you have the high-end talent or whether you don't, you're nowhere near going to maximize. Look at look at college now. Jim Harbaugh lightened up a little bit. They became offensively explosive. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, much more pro offense. Just kind of it just makes you happier. Belichick and Josh and Dave, these guys are kind of angry. Matt like, Patricia, Matt Stafford couldn't stand Matt you Patricia. Gotta loosen up, guys. And, but they don't. And and I think all these guys talk about I'm going to be my own guy. I'm going to be my own guy. When you work for, I don't care if you work for Steve Jobs or Jeff Bezos, if you spent all your time around whoever the most successful guy is in your industry for years upon years, how would you not emulate him and try to be like him, even when you're thinking about being yourself and it fails time and time again? Bill's screwed because their team isn't very talented. And these other guys constantly fail because I think they just, they tend to be negative like Bill because they've seen it firsthand and they've seen it work. But I just don't think it works. I think you talked about last week, remove Brady. He is the dynasty. I, I think he could just handle the negativity and everyone kind of loosened up b- below him in the locker room. But it doesn't work once you go to these other places. And now Bill, like, yelling at Mac Jones, he goes into a shell. Yes. No, I, I think there's a lot about that. Okay, before we go, I do want to talk about one college uh, note. So um, I don't know if Washington can win a national championship, but uh, what a showcase of game it was for the Huskies. Uh, I said their defense is bad, but at least they're usually in the right place. USC fired Alex Grinch, their defensive coordinator, which, I mean, if you watch the game and if you've watched the last month, he stands alone by himself in the sidelines. They're in the wrong place. And these are guys that have played. Kalen Bullock, who is at All-American safety, has regressed. One of the first things I look at is, do players get better? USC's offensive guys do. None of their defensive guys do. None of them get better. So I don't know if USC will go out um, and spend a lot of money on the defensive coordinator, but how do you view this season and Lincoln Riley's sort of uh, legacy? I know it's early in his career to talk about that, but I always viewed him as potentially an NFL guy. And, And my takeaway now is he's not. He just has no... McVay chest out alpha loves defense shanahan yeah. loves physicality shanahan don't care about special teams <laughs> but he loves defense right yeah. andy reed spags andy except realizes what defense is lincoln doesn't even he doesn't have a special teams coach he's lobsided as a coach what do you think his legacy right now is well i i think and listen i i it, <laughs> It's easy to crush him right now. Like probably most people, when they hired him, it was a no-brainer hire. You had to do it. But I think when you look back, the Big 12 is not very good. And, and no one plays defense. And he was able to take advantage of it. He ran into clearly the best year the Pac-12 has had in a long time. He's kind of getting worked, right? He loses to Utah. He loses this game. He's going to be a huge underdog this upcoming week You know, to Oregon. UCLA's leaking oil a little bit. But I think it's a disaster, Colin. Simply put, I, I think it's one of the biggest underachievements given the quarterback play in offense because when you're at a program like this you have unlimited resources to hire the best and the brightest you know when you look at some of these other college coaches they go to like the baltimore ravens and get their secondary coach and make them you know their defensive coordinator do hell uh, chip kelly's defensive coordinator is anthony lynn's son who if you look at his resume had been in the nfl for the last decade came from the ravens and what is ucla a lot better on defense so it's like, I don't know if you tell me who Lincoln's next defensive coordinator, I would not be very confident that you're going to go. That's a no brainer choice, right? Because you look at the guys that his 
we talked about it last week when they were, you know, lose to Utah. Where'd he find this guy? Well, he was a Mike Leach guy, right? That's it's, it's a connection thing. And he's not, to me, part of going to the NFL too. Think of some of the, the coaches that went to the NFL from college most recently beside Harbaugh, who was an NFL guy. Urban Meyer never coached a day, didn't know what to do, and he was completely over his head. Chip is a good example of a guy that had some success, but his problem is he didn't know any defensive coaches, so he couldn't hire very good defensive coordinators, and that was always his downfall. And now Lincoln is kind of going through this in college, and I go back to Pete Carroll era. Pete Carroll's staff was really, really good. It had a perfect blend of like young, up-and-coming guys, like the Sarks and the Lanes, and then the older Norm Chows, Ken Nortons, the recruiters, the NFL experience, the young offensive innovative guys. And I just look, I go, I don't know. I mean, because when he took over at Oklahoma, it was Bob Stoops' brother. He inherited him. Then ultimately fired him for this guy. And it's just kind of unraveled, and he brings him with him. I don't have much confidence that he's going to hire a guy that people are going to feel very, very good about. Because I also think it's a culture in the way you practice. When you practice like he does with his offensive style, you don't really create a tough physicality. That's always what people have said. Defensive coaches, whenever you met them, at these spread offense schools and specifically the air raid type schools. And I know he's not true air raid anymore. It's like hard to uh, improve the toughness on a daily basis on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in practice. No, I mean, I, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence. Tomlin, Dan Campbell, Mike Vrabel, I think the essence of their physicality, the essence of their personality, the way they structure practice is more physical. I mean, every Vrabel team, every Tomlin team, I mean, even though they're an offensive team more than defense, Dan Campbell, it's a physical offense. They can run the ball is I I think I think sometimes with Mike McDaniel and Lincoln Riley, I think they're really clever offensively and really smart. And I think they structure their culture and their program and their practice like that. And it's really smart and clever. But do they build the toughness? Is that part of the personality? And I just, I don't think it's a coincidence sometimes that the, the same kind of physical, kind of big physical men don't you think they they structure practice differently? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, and I'm not blaming Caleb because you, you got to sign Caleb. You had to pay Caleb to get him. Every team in the country would have done that. But I do think when the way they built it, it was all so Caleb heavy that yeah. it almost sucked the oxygen out of everything else. And you watch it this year, and he, the last couple of weeks haven't been his fault. The Notre Dame game, he wasn't very good. But it just feels like if he is not, because even you go back to some of the heyday Pete Carroll teams or some of those good Harbaugh teams or Chip Kelly teams, it was never all about Mariota or Luck or Matt Liner. They were a more complete team. And this thing just felt like a basketball team. It was like Caleb Williams and then everyone else. And that is not the way you win in football. It's just not. And they've been clearly exposed. Even Washington is a good example. Their best players are quarterback, but they don't, he, he wasn't. I would say otherworldly against USC. The running back came through. Defense got some big stops. You watch Oregon. They're a complete team. Look at what Nick Saban's doing. You talk to any NFL scout, they're like, this is the least talented team in like 15 years. All of a sudden, he's going to be back in the SEC championship game. Right. Yeah. And I and I think Mike McDaniel and Lincoln Riley, I do think they're brilliant guys. But For sure. both are regressing quickly as the season goes on. This sport always gets back to physicality and toughness and resilience and playing hurt and situational football and making stops. As much fun as it is to watch Caleb or Tua or or Tyreek Hill, you just gotta be better and more physical situationally. And I mean, they had a goal line stand, USC did. They must have had six safeties and corners on the field. It's like, guys, it's like a Too track small. team. I know. Too small. All right, John Middlecoff, former NFL scout. Great as always, buddy. Appreciate it. Have a good week, Colin. See ya. The volume.
All right, NBA fans, basketball is officially back, and the DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. Here you go. New customers can get $200 instantly in bonus bets by throwing down just 5 bucks on the NBA. That is a good deal. Win or lose, doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant W a win. DraftKings parlays, everybody's got a shot to even more basketball wins and bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets. It's called a parlay. Same game parlay. Build your parlay across multiple games. And what does that give you? Better odds so you can make a smaller bet and win more money. I like doing them. I like parlays. They're fun. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. And with DraftKings, you will be. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. It's fun. 10 bucks, five bucks. It's fun. It's juice. I love it. New customers, $200 instantly in bonus bets by betting just $5. Yeah, you heard it right. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, bonus Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.